Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Good morning, Refuge. Hey, can I get a good morning? Hey, I think we can try that one more time. Good morning. There it is. There it is. You heard Sam. I'm your Refuge Kids Director. Sometimes I get a little excited when I talk to people. Now, the people I'm used to talking to on Sunday morning, they're about yay high. Some of them are this high, but the majority of them are about yay high, and I absolutely love it. It's a privilege, and it is an honor to serve your kids. So with that being said, if you're in this room and you are a Refuge Kids volunteer, I just want to say thank you. You guys show up week after week and create a welcoming environment for the children of this church. And let me tell you something, there is a culture that is fighting for their attention. But at Refuge, we are making a place for them to learn and know God. So the noise of the culture is drowned out and Jesus is at the center of their lives. So yes, thank you Jesus for that. All right, that was all free. That wasn't even a part of this. So (laughs) it really is um, a privilege to be with you here this morning. And also, I just wanted to say good morning to our online campus. I know you can't talk back at me, but I know that you're there. And um, this morning, um, I just wanted to give a special thanks to our pastors, Pastor Matt and Deb, who are not here with us, because it's truly an honor that they entrust me with this privilege to speak with you today. And so I really appreciate that, and I don't take it lightly. If you weren't here last week, I just want to encourage you, Mr. Sam K. Hart, you might know him, bald-headed, very excited, very energetic. He brought the word, and he brought it last week. He um, spoke on being an enabler for those who speak truth, and it was an incredible message. So if you missed it, it's okay. We have it online for you, and I encourage you to go and to listen and to check it out. One thing that he said that really stood out We need to quit trying to change the truth and instead allow the truth to change us. All right, come on. So that was just, that's right. That was just one line, okay? So I'm telling you, if you listen to the whole thing, you will leave encouraged and blessed. So with that being said, we are going to pray to introduce the word this morning. So Father, we just thank you God, that your word says where two or more people are gathered, so will you be in our midst. And we thank you that you're here. We thank you, Lord, that we can walk into this place and we can just breathe deeply and we can just cast aside the things of our week, the things of our morning, and we can press into who you are. And I thank you, Lord, that it's not my words, but it's your words. It's all about you, Jesus, and it's all for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we've been on a journey together the past several weeks learning about our core values here at Refuge. And I don't know about you, I've really been enjoying this message because it really helps me to understand the church that I serve in, and I love our church. So I have the privilege of bringing to you our core value that we are a journey that never grows old. But I need your help. Because remember, I said I'm the kids director. 
I like to talk a lot, but I want you to talk with me. So we're going to say it together like we do back in the kids. We're going to break it in parts. I'm going to say the first part. You're going to repeat it. And then I'm going to say the second part, and you're going to repeat it. We're going to liven things up a little bit. Are we okay with that? I see a few people shaking their heads. No, it's okay. It's going to be okay. We are a journey that never grows old. All right. You guys did awesome. I'm going to tell the kids next week because sometimes I make them say it twice because they're a little quiet. You guys got it down. So (laughs) to really understand what this core value is, we have to understand what a journey is. So let me read this scripture. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21 in the message says, your life is a journey. You must travel with deep consciousness of God. It costs God plenty to get you out of that dead-ended, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's blood, you know. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. To understand this value, we have to understand that a journey has a beginning and it has an end. It has a starting point and it has a final destination. We, we are a journey. Yeah, our lives are on a journey, but we are also a journey. The moment of birth to our final breath, we are a journey. The Bible is filled, it's filled with examples of journeys. I I think about the Israelites fleeing Egypt. So these are God's chosen people, the Israelites. They were living in slavery, oppression, bondage. Um, The Israelites were descendants of Abraham. God promised Abraham that his family, um, his descendants would see the promised land. But there they sit in Egypt in bondage and captivity 400 years. Do you think they felt like the promised people in that oppression, in that slavery? Well, God sends them a deliverer. He sends them Moses. You could look into Moses' life and see his entire life was a journey to that point. But I don't have time to share all of that with you this morning, so I'm going to let you dig into your Bibles. But he sends Moses to deliver his people. Where do those people end up? Forty years. Where? Someone tell me. In the desert, in the wilderness. Forty years in the wilderness. But God didn't just take them on their long journey and then desert them. All right, there you go. There's the wilderness. Peace out. See you guys later. Nope. He sent a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of of fire by night to guide them. Uh, When they were pushed up against the Red Sea, what happened? The Egyptian army was pressing up against them. Someone tell me what happened. That sea parted open and they passed through. And then what happened? It closed. And the Egyptian army was swallowed up into the sea. Time and time again, God showed himself faithful to the Israelites in this journey. Pretty sure they didn't want to live 40 years in the wilderness. They were supposed to go to the promised land. He proved himself 40 years in the wilderness where God proved himself to be their God. He guided them. He protected them. He showed up for them. He gave them their destination. 
the destination, which was their promised land. And when they stepped into that promised land, it was flowing, milk, honey, all the things you can think of. God showed up. It was their perfect place. 40 years back here, and they walk into their promised land. All right, that's exciting. It wasn't about their journey It was about God showing up over and over again, providing for his people. Okay, that's just one story. There's many more. There's Noah. There's Joseph. There are so many stories that we could pinpoint in the Bible. But I'm going to encourage you, like I encourage your kids, to go home and to open your Bible and read some of those journeys. But there's one specific journey that I think we all know very, very well. And that's the story and the journey of Jesus. So I want you guys to just pause and just think about this. Jesus' journey started at the most humble of beginnings, somewhat not too different from your and I journey. Maybe, you know, uh, the setting was a little different. I don't know, maybe, maybe one of you in here were born in a stable, and I'm not aware of that. But he took his first breath, just like every one of us. He started at a very humble beginning. He grew up in a normal uh, Hebrew childhood. As he grew up, he was baptized in the Jordan, He was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days of fasting. He was tempted by the devil. Now, I don't know about you. You can ask my husband. I get this thing. It's called hangry. And like, if I don't get my meal at the time that I need it, sorry, Tyler, watch out. But 40 days he fasted. And here shows up the devil to tempt him to eat. Why don't you turn that stone into a bread? If you're truly the son of God, turn that stone into a bread. But when he came out of temptation, he was identified as the Messiah. He began preaching the message of the kingdom of heaven. And while he journeyed on this earth, he fulfilled the will of his father. Through his journey, there are countless testimonies of the miracles and the work that Jesus did. He heals a leper. He heals a man who is paralyzed. He's criticized for picking grain on the Sabbath. He raises a widow's son. He invites the weary to follow him, and he promises them rest. He heals a blind man. He calms the storm on the Sea of Galilee. He foretells of his death and his resurrection. He claims to be the light of the world. He's accused of healing through Beelzebub. That's a big one, Beelzebub, a pagan Philistine god. He was accused of being a pagan Philistine, of healing through the pagan Philistine god. He teaches about the narrow way. He teaches about humility. He raises Lazarus from the dead. He heals the ten lepers, and he welcomes the little children to come to him. Oh, I really like that one. Our culture really is fighting for our kids. They're fighting for our kids, but guess what? Jesus says, come to me. Kids, kids are not the least. 
We're raising up the next generation. I have an 18-month-old. He is wild, but it's my privilege to be his mom and raise him in a home that points him to who Jesus is so that when he's adult, he can make that choice and move forward. My parents are here today. Normally, when kids come up on stage, they wave at their parents and like, hi, mom and dad. Um, My parents are here today. They raised me in a Christian home. I was privileged to wake up and hear my mom down in the basement interceding over her family. And guess what? I am walking out some of the prayers that my mom prayed over her family. Because Jesus says, let the little children come. Jesus' journey was filled, filled with miracles. And yet, even he, the savior of the whole world, faced suffering. He faced suffering. He faced humiliation. He faced accusations. The savior of the world, suffering. He faced a suffering beyond what you and I could ever comprehend. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Father, if it's your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. Because remember what I said just a few minutes ago? He foresaw his death. He foresaw it. The Savior of the entire world asked to have his suffering taken away. But not my will, Lord, not my will, your will. He knew the suffering laid before him, but submitted to his Father's will. I am so thankful that he did. His journey brought him pain, and it brought him sorrow. It brought him to the point that he was condemned as a criminal under Pontius Pilate, and he was sentenced to death on a cross. He wasn't just sentenced to death. He was sentenced to death on a cross in such a humiliating way. He had been flogged. Think about it for a minute. This human man, God's son, but still a human, whipped and flogged. And then they said, hey, Jesus, here's the cross. Here's the cross that's going to crucify you. You take this cross and you walk it on what they call the Via Dolorosa, and you carry that cross, which is your crucifixion. That's the part that makes me catch my breath. It makes me catch my breath thinking about the steps that Jesus took carrying that cross. If it was up to me, I would have already given up before this point. He was condemned. They were mocking him. I can't imagine the amount of pain that he was experiencing carrying that cross. The Via Della Rosa is said to be about 2,000 feet. 2,000 feet that he carried that. It would have been easy, right, to just say, this is too much. This is too much. But you know what? He pressed forward. He pressed forward. He pressed forward 
to his death. But I have really good news. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Because what happened? Yes, he died on that cross. But what happened? He rose again, he conquered the grave, and he conquered death, and he lives today. All right, all right, come on, that's right, he lives today. And I get a little excited about the fact that we get to come into church to a living God. Not a God who's dead, but a God who shows up, and he showed up this morning, and he's here right now, showing up. So thankful. But you know what? The journey never grows old because the resurrection makes everything new. Everything is made new because of his resurrection. Whatever you walked in today carrying, it's made new. It's made new in Jesus and his resurrection. And I think there's probably some people who walked in with some weight this morning, but it's made new. It's made new. Jesus is risen from the dead. And I need to hear you say that. Jesus is risen from the dead. All right, that was all right. I'll let the kids know. You guys did good. But he's risen from the dead. And it says in Isaiah 65, 17, See, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. So this journey never grows old because... We have a destination in mind, and that is our destination. Eternity is our destination, and there's a new heaven and a new earth, and everything that we experience can be made new. Remember at the beginning, we talked about a journey having a beginning and having an end? We are a journey. We have a beginning, and we have an end. And now we have a destination, And we also have a choice. We have a choice in how we engage this life and this journey that we have. Because there is going to be a day that all of our journeys come to an end. How we choose to engage. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. And so how we choose to engage in that resurrection of Jesus is what changes our journey. It's what makes our journey new every single day. Each day we can set aside the noise. Each day we can set aside the thoughts. We can set aside the criticisms. We can set aside all of the things that try to come in and sneak their way in and divide us from what the truth is. That in Lamentations 3, 22 through 23... It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It never ceases. His mercies are never coming to an end. They are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. There's nothing, there's nothing that speaks greater to God's faithfulness to us than Jesus with every step that he took carrying that cross. Why? Because he knew each one of us, each one of you needed him. 
He needed him. So every step he took, he carried the weight of sin, of shame, of all of these things on his shoulders because he said, I am going to return and I'm going to make it all new. So all those things in your past, all those things that keep you up at night, he's made that new. He's made it new. So where are you on your journey? Are you on empty? Are you coasting? Are you swerving from one thing to the next thing? You don't really have any idea where you're going. You're just like, hey, I'm just blowing from one place to the next place. I'm going to turn over here. I'm going to go this way. Oh, I might have made a full U-turn. I don't know where I'm at. Maybe... Maybe you're just living your life. You're like, I'm cool. I show up at church. I'm good. Maybe you're stuck looking in the rear view and your eyes have been shifted off the destination. But again, Jesus' resurrection means old things have gone. Turn your eyes from that rear view focus and look ahead. Look ahead. It says in 2 Corinthians, therefore, If anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as a Savior, he is a new creation, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, they have all passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. So I ask again, where are you on your journey? When I was speaking with Pastor Deb last night about her recent journey, I was thinking about how, man, there are a lot of things that she could be complaining about right now. You know, the hospital conditions weren't the best. The visiting hours were short. She was supposed to be on this exciting adventure with Pastor Matt, and now they have to spend these hours apart But you know the first thing out of her mouth? The first thing out of her mouth was giving thanks to God for his faithfulness to her. I know that I mentioned it above, but she's so grateful for the church, for refuge and the church at large, um, and that others were praying for her. But you see, we're a church body, and we're also on a journey together. We're on a journey for our community, for the people who are living in the former things that don't know that they can have an experience with a living God, and it changes everything. We're on a journey. We show up. We serve. We sacrifice our time to show up and serve, not because it's like, oh, it's the church, it's what we should do. No, it's It's because Jesus is doing something and we're a part of it when we serve and we're connected into his church. We need you on our journey. We need you on our journey. So let me reread this scripture. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21 in the message translation. Your life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get out of that dead-ended, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's 
sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb. See, we have that victory to make it to our promised land. Are you following Jesus daily? Maybe you're mad at God or you're doubting him. Maybe you're here today and you've never decided to journey with God to the kingdom of heaven. You're your own leader. You're your own guide. You're like, yeah, I mean, I like to come here on a Sunday morning because I really like the music, but then people get up there and they talk to me and they start to make me feel a certain way. He doesn't want you to just be a, a tourist on your journey, showing up. I'm going to show up over here because this looks exciting. I'm going to show up over here because this looks exciting. He wants you to voyage. Maybe you need joy today. Maybe your, maybe your journey has been filled with sorrow. Maybe you came in here and you, you're like, Amy, you don't know. You don't know what I have faced this week or last week or last month. You don't know the health condition that I have that I'm facing. But you know what? I don't have to know every bit of your circumstance because I know who God is. I know who God is and he's here to show up for you. All we have to do is show up. All we have to do is invite him. All we have to do is to hold on to the fact that the resurrection power of Jesus is still here today to impact your life. All you have to do is reach out. All you have to do is recognize that his mercies are new every morning. So whatever tomorrow, whatever went down yesterday with the sun is not here with you today. Oh, and I'm thankful for that. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful. And if the worship team would come up. I keep going back to that image of Jesus carrying the cross, carrying the weight of our world, the weight of sin, carrying shame, carrying rejection, carrying the mocking, and he kept taking a step. He kept pressing onward. Keep pressing onward. Keep pressing onward. And like I said, maybe you're here this morning and you're just checking us out for the first time. It's a little bit of a heavy topic, but you know what? It is so important that we grasp the power of the resurrected Jesus because it changes all things. You know, my very first time that Refuge asked me to speak, it was for our summer camp series. And we got to pick the topic that we wanted to speak on. And I felt I'm supposed to share on the topic of joy and the joy of the Lord being our strength. And so I shared that with the team. Hey, this is what I'm going to talk about. And just a little glimpse into my journey, just a tiny glimpse from pretty much the moment I knew what being a mom was, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted nothing more than to have kids. People would ask me, like even into my like late teens, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, nah, I think I just want to be a mom. You know, I just want to be a mom. I just want to have these kids. 
And I kind of love kids. If you haven't caught on, love them. Always. Deepest desire of my heart. So the date is approaching. It's about three years ago, almost this exact time. And the most exciting thing to find out that I was pregnant. Oh, man, how exciting is it to be able to speak on joy in the middle of the greatest joy, the greatest season of joy. And about two weeks, two weeks before I was supposed to speak on the joy of the Lord being my, my strength, I had a miscarriage. And I remember actually sitting in my car at, um, at, after leaving the doctor's office, and I was like, well, I don't know who to call first. Uh, maybe my husband. Oh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna call Pastor Matt and Deb, and I'm gonna tell them I can't speak about joy. They don't know. They don't know the circumstances that I'm walking through right now. Um, I can't go up there and speak about the joy of the Lord being my strength. Oh, but guess what? His mercies—they are new every morning. And when we walk through suffering and when we walk through hardship and when we walk through pain, his mercies are new every morning. And when life is going awesome and when life is going wonderful, great is his faithfulness. And in both times, in seasons of standing at the mountaintop and in seasons of standing in the valley, we get to embrace who Jesus is and the resurrection power that is in him. And I had to have some days of embracing that. But you know what? I was able to get up and speak about something that was so true, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that comes through the resurrection power of Jesus. And if you would stand with me, I believe that the Spirit of God is here. And He is wanting to touch your heart today. He is wanting to minister to the things that have happened, the suffering that you have walked through. He wants to make it new. Maybe, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you're just kind of coasting. He wants to bring you to a place of newness with him this morning. And like I said, maybe this is your first time. Maybe this is your first exposure to an experience like this, whether you're walking in for the first time or maybe you're watching online for the first time. He is the Redeemer of our lives, but he's also the redeemer of our journeys. And our journey truly can never grow old when we're connected and grafted in to who he is. So if you would close your eyes with me. If this is your first time and you say, you know what, I've been on this journey and I've been leading it my own. but I really would like to acknowledge Jesus as my savior today. I'm not even gonna make you raise your hand. I'm gonna pray a prayer up here. Repeat it in your heart. You can turn from those former things simply by acknowledging who he is, changing your life, following him, letting him guide your story. 
letting him guide your journey. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would forgive me of all of my sins. Father, I thank you that you are making me brand new. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me and that he rose again so that I can live for you, so that I can have new life. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. My journey is aligned with yours. My life is not my own. And today, Lord, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, I pray. And Father, I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to hearts in this moment. Father, I ask you, Lord, to identify areas of suffering that we need to turn the old way and turn and focus on our destination. Recognize that you died for us so that we can live today and that we can truly live today, that we are no longer held in bondage, that we are no longer held in that slavery, that we can leave that life behind and we can move forward to the promised land that you have prepared for us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are working in hearts even now. I thank you, Lord, that there are people who have walked in here today that have addictions that they need to set aside, and you are breaking those chains in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are encouraging the hearts of people who are, who are down, who are depressed, who are filled with anxiety, and you are showing them that a journey aligned with you is a journey journey that never grows old and there is a newness for them every day and a life grafted in with God is a life is a life that is alive and we thank you for that Lord we thank you Lord that you are here father we thank you that you are ministering to hearts in Jesus name I pray I thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.